the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on in Colorado. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Maria Oliver, and this week we're going to spotlight the spoken word, poetry. I was uh, riding the bus a, a few weeks back, and I happened to look up, and I saw, in addition to the, the ads, you know, telling you not to put your feet on things, there was a poem by the Columbine Poets of Colorado. Just looking up and reading some words of inspiration, I wasn't having the best day, and it reminded me how important words are and how important and beautiful words can be. So I dug around, and I found someone to actually talk to me a little bit about it. Her name is Anita Jepson Gilbert, and among her other affiliations, of course, uh, being a teacher with uh, the Community College of Denver, uh, being involved with uh, several societies that are involved with writing, specifically the Denver Women's Press Club, and, and also a children's writer and illustrating association. She actually wrote a book. Uh, she agreed to go ahead and come on the show and talk with us a little bit about the impact of poetry. Poetry, a little bit about the Colorado poets of Denver, and a, a little itty bit, I think she knows a little bit about the Columbine poets. Uh, Miss Anita, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, are you affiliated with the Columbine poets of Colorado? Well, I am. Um, I didn't uh, start the Columbine poets of Colorado. Um, that was done in 1978. I was. Mm. I was asked to take it over. It was a small group in Fort Collins. It was started in 1978 by Lois Leonard, and uh, she lived in Fort Collins. It was a small group. And, um, and by 1992, um, she was, uh, for health reasons, was not able to continue on as a leader. But she knew that we had many more poets up here in the Denver area. So I started it around... Um, around my dining room table, actually. <laughs> and now it has grown uh, across the whole state. I don't know how that happened um, without uh, advertising. <laughs> but the fact is there are so many people who love poetry, and they write poetry, but privately. You know, mm -hmm. they don't really sh uh, feel comfortable telling everybody <laughs> that they love poetry that much. So uh, once they realized there was a, a support group, uh, you know, people came out of the closet actually <laughs> to mm. to uh, to share poetry with like-minded poets, and so now we have over a hundred members across Colorado. Um, <clears throat> so I, yeah, I do know a lot about Columbine poets of Colorado, um, and our goal or our mission is to um, 
encourage the writing and appreciation of poetry among Coloradans of every age. So we do a lot with workshops with adults, and we do a lot with um, running contests for students in the schools. We have two contests that we um, run. One is affiliated with the National Federation of State Poetry Societies, and um, and the other one uh, is simply for Coloradans that live around the RTD district because we put the, the student-winning poems on the placards on the buses, and there are 800 buses in RTD. So um, that's, that's how we uh, encourage the writing of poetry among young people. Okay. And you said the, the organization started back in, what did you say, 74? 1978, when they, they got their charter uh, with the state. But um, they were not accepted into the National Federation of State Poetry Societies. The National Federation is the whole network of state poetry societies. Almost every state has one. And so it takes a while for, you know, for this society to get off the ground. But it was accepted in uh, 1992, I believe. No, 1980-something. I can't remember the exact date. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we belong to the National Federation of State Poetry Societies. And why... Was it significant or important for a poetry society to start in Colorado? Well, because we have so many writers here. It's amazing. Like I said, the, the, <laughs> we were surprised ourselves how many there were. That, that, Like in Salida, there are so many writers and poets in Salida. They became our uh, second chapter of the Chavano poets down there. Um, and then... In Evergreen, there are many writers there. Many of them are poets. Um, you know, they don't advertise themselves very well, so it's not a secret society. <laughs> but but uh, actually, you know, they don't make a lot of noise about themselves. But there are many, many writers in Colorado. You, people would be surprised. Is the organization uh, an artist competition, or is it about community building it's or networking? Community. It's community building, you know, a community of, of um, people who appreciate poetry and support one another, critique one another's work, help them to get uh, better, and then if it, they think their poems are good enough, they will uh, submit them to contests. But uh, the, the main focus of the of the organization is not competition. Um, the National Federation has a huge competition once a year of uh, 50 categories, and everyone who uh, belongs to uh, one of the state societies uh, is encouraged to submit to that. And so a lot of our Colorado uh, writers have won prizes there in that national contest. We have a state contest for our members as well, and then we encourage our people to send their work out to, to be published in journals, you know. And so we do encourage that, that part of uh, writing. But um, mostly it's, you know, learn, learn more. A lot of our members have come who, who don't have a background in poetry very, you know, very 
uh, certainly not academic, but we we teach them. Um, everyone now is taking a turn giving the workshop, and so they learn more. Every Saturday we meet, and um, everybody doesn't meet every Saturday, but we hold it every Saturday mm-hmm. and uh, here in Denver. But, you know, they serve the community, too, uh, with readings, and um, the people will come to readings they, because they really like what they're hearing, and it's inspiring many times. Okay. Now, I mean, we're familiar with a lot of the famous poets, uh, Emily Dickinson, Robert Frost, mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe, Langston Hughes, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But in today's society, mm-hmm. is the spoken word or, or poetry still relevant? Yes, I, I, I truly believe that. Um, and um, um, one famous poet you may also have heard of is William Carlos Williams. Um, he's, he's quoted as saying, if I can read his uh, quotation, okay. it is difficult to get the news from poems, yet men die miserably every day for lack of what is found there meaning what is found in poetry. And I can remember after 9-11, I heard uh, you know, a, lot of, a lot of interviews. Uh, it was such a tragic event that people didn't know where to turn for answers. And I heard, I heard someone say, um, you know, at this time, people are looking to poetry for meaning because fiction doesn't answer the need, and um, so I think that's what William Carlos Williams was pointing to, for lack of what is found there, there's no deeper uh, understanding of of human nature, Uh, of course there is in a lot of fiction, but poetry with very few words can get to the heart of humanity, and it doesn't preach, It, it, you know, it it uncovers the layers that um, are sometimes unspoken, and people don't even know, don't even have the words sometimes to express these tragic events and and the feelings they have. You know, that's what happened here in Colorado uh, after the Columbine uh, high school sh- shooting. You remember that? Yes. And. Um, Poetry came to the rescue for those students from a group called um, Art from Ashes. A woman named Catherine O'Neill Thorne um, does a lot of work with teenagers, homeless teenagers, uh, helping them to, to understand you know, the problems that they are having, that they run away from home, um, and they do it through poetry. And she also went to... Columbine High School and started a therapy group there with those students. And they, people were able to get down deep into you know, what they were feeling and how to work it out through poetry. So, <clears throat> yes, people who know how to work with poetry know this, and they bring it to the community. And we are speaking with Anita Jepson Gilbert. Uh, we're talking about poetry and the Columbine Poets of Colorado. Uh, we're going to take a quick little break, and then we'll be right back. 
Life in Colorado. Life in Colorado is... Life in Colorado to me. You want to let us know what you think of the show? Do you have a group or an issue you want us to cover? Or maybe a comment to let us know you're listening. Drop us a line at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. That's lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. And we're back. We're speaking with Anita Jepson Gilbert. Uh, we're speaking about poetry, not just in Colorado, but the national and community impacts of poetry. It just seems like words have always had a tremendous power, but right now we seem to be using our words against each other. Can you can you give a, us an example of a time when words or spoken words or poetry have brought us together? Well, as Martin Luther King um, I think those words that were spoken brought people together, you know, because he has touched something that is so so human within everyone of every race or any religion. They they're just the human um, the human element that that we all want, you know, to be human and be recognized as being human. And so when someone can use words as eloquently as Martin Luther King did, or any leader, when they know how to do that, it brings people together, you know, of all, of all races. We've seen that, in, you know, when certain people get speeches and uh, touch everyone, you know, uh, down deep. You mentioned that there are meetings that are held in Denver. Uh, if, if someone was interested in the group or, or maybe just wanted to step a toe in just to to feel the energy of the room, how would they get involved? Where could they find y'all? People talk to one another, and they bring a friend who also wants to uh, learn more about poetry and wants to write more and make it, make it you know, hone their craft, as we say. And um, we have a website. Uh, if people are looking for poetry, they can just put in Poetry Colorado, and they'll find our website, which is Columbine Poets of Colorado. And it uh, gives a number of uh, events that we hold. And, um, you know, they can certainly email me. I'm at um, Anita JG5 at AOL.com, and uh, and so I get a lot of email people uh, finding me there, and I show, I send off a, a list of the events. Every month we have a calendar of events that I can send out, and it tells the name of the workshop that we're going to hold. That's in the Saturdays of that month. Once a year, we will have um, a big event called the Columbine Poets Fest, and that uh, is an opportunity for, for members from all over the state to come. And we'll have a whole day of poetry and readings and workshop, and that's, that's a great event that we have been holding at the Community College of Aurora for a number of years. Um, so I say the web, the website is a good place to start. Okay. And and one more time with that website address. 
It's Columbine Poets of Colorado dot com. Well, we should be able to remember that. All righty. Do you want to uh, go ahead and do a, a reading for us at this point? Well, <clears throat> I've I've chosen uh, poems that the students have um, have written and and were selected as the be- among the best eight poems for poetry to go. This is uh, entitled Home. I am from a place with constricting heat and frantic snowstorms in the middle of spring, where butterflies travel a darted route to Mexico and vibrant colors of our flag stand tall through ancient trees. And here, the mountains stand tall as our compass. Danielle Morgan, Erie High School. And that's by a student from Erie, um, Colorado. It's north of Denver, but it's on the RTV route. And so um, this is on... uh, the buses as well. The other one is called Best City Around. Right now you're on a bus downtown. I don't know if you're black, white, or brown, but if you're in Denver, it's a wonderful town. Be sure to take in all the sights, smells, and sounds. Dalton Hunter, Denver Center for International Studies. So we will have, uh, you know, another contest. The deadline will be May 13th. Just short poems, you know, no longer than six lines, uh, so we can get them on these narrow placards. And, um, and so we'll have a new set uh, to put up in August for the new school year. Uh, one of our uh, poets who lives in Denver now is Frank Coons, and um, he lives in Denver now, but he uh, comes to us from uh, Grand Junction. And um, and he will he's very well known around the area. It's 4:35 p.m. on a Friday in Denver, and the millennials are anxious as adolescent cats at playtime after a week of grindstones erasing the first layer of skin on their collective nose. They have their Subarus adorned with bicycles, kayaks skis, snowboards, and assorted play toys, and are heading pell-mell at a snail's pace for the maw of mountains, like ants on the trail of a newly dropped sandwich, and it's a widely known idiosyncrasy that they've moved here for the promise of peaks, champagne powder, single tracks, white water, and open space from Des Moines, Bowling Green, or Pittsburgh, and now can hardly get there because of the crush of like-minded hipsters. I can't help but wonder if the recreative unwinding is greater than the amped-up stress of the fender-to-fender schlog that will need repeating on the Sunday night return, or if while they slip along on I-70, sun gleaming on the bright line of cars in front of them, they are thinking of the view of the Monongahela River they once had from their balcony. Frank H. Coons. You're a successful sales pro. You're making good money. So what's missing? Do you need something bigger than commissions? Salem Media Group in Denver is seeking an integrated marketing consultant 
who shares our sense of mission and wants to grow with a great company. We need an experienced, uncompromising self-starter who understands selling, marketing, and ad strategies for digital and broadcast. Join our team and fuel that fire in your belly as you work with existing clients and develop new business in the Denver Metro. Go to SalemMedia.com slash careers for more. Okay, now you definitely told us how people can get involved, and you shared with us why people should be involved with Poetry of the Spoken Word. Um, Can you give me some of the information about the group's national affiliations? The national affiliation uh, is with the, we call the NFSPS, National Federation of State Poetry Societies. They put on a national convention every year, and uh, Columbine Poets, Sponsored the um, the latest convention in 2018, right here in Denver. It was mm-hmm. our first convention, and so it was a it was a great event with poets from all over the country coming, and we had speakers uh, who and poets from Colorado to uh, give workshops and uh, and talk about their poetry. And so it was a very inspiring three, three and a half days here in, the, in Denver. Well, what events do you guys have coming up this year? In September, we will hold our uh, Columbine Poets Fest again. That's a big, our biggest event of the year. But um, we also encourage readings. You know, our people go to, uh, there are just many readings now in Denver, um, and so a lot of our people are invited to, to read there. And then, um, you know, whatever else we choose to get involved with, people do like to have poets, you know, among them. So sometimes we're invited to speak uh, in, in schools or uh, at, at rallies to read a poem. Okay. And then there's also our, here in Denver, the weekly workshops. Is there any way that if someone can't maybe attend your event or or actively participate, is there any way that a person could donate to your group? Well, yes. They, um, we're always looking for uh, donations to help uh, sponsor the uh, Poetry to Go placards for these students. So... Um, uh, we we need to pay for that from from outside funds, so that would always be accepted. And, and how could they reach you to do that? Would that be the website or? Yes, through the website columbinepoetsofcolorado.com. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Miss Anita. We appreciate your time, and we definitely appreciate the contributions of your poets. And I, I hope to keep looking up at the bus and, and looking yeah. at more poetry to go. Yes. I, I, I wish they would leave these placards up all year, but they, they, they sometimes need to take them down for, for space for something else. But keep looking. Uh, they'll hopefully be there. Understand why we can't just hold on to each other's hands. This time might be the last of fear, unless I. 
so much to Anita Jepson Gilbert and Frank Coons for coming on the show today and sharing their work. And you remember that poem that I said I saw on the bus when I looked up and I was just having quite possibly the worst day ever. It's a, a little short poem by Elise Richmond. She's a student at the Denver School of the Arts. It's called Stuck Between the Bread and the Tomato. Two people, one sandwich, let us love. Thank you, Elise. I, I really did need that on that day. And thank you everyone for listening. That does it for our show this week. My name is Maria Oliver and this is Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.